welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 21. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. How are you doing tonight, John? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you doing tonight? Recovering from a strep throat. So first of all, let me apologize to all the listeners out there. Sorry we didn't put out anything for a week. We're a week late here. I was sick pretty much ever since we posted our last uh, episodes before this one. So my voice is back. We are going to go. If it if I cough or sound pretty bad tonight, I apologize. But we're going to tough this out, get through this uh, settlement series part three tonight and try to play catch up and get back onto GCW schedule where we were before I got sick. But other than that, I'm doing good. So thank you, Fred. Yeah, man. And for the fans and for myself out there, welcome back, bro. Let's do it. Thank you very much. All right, let's hop right into the Settlement Series Part 3 from Boonton Elks Lodge in Boonton, New Jersey. And tonight's theme was a karaoke night. And I was looking forward to this, just, just to see all the wrestlers sing, um, seeing them kind of out of their element singing. I was kind of wondering what kind of weird songs they would be uh, singing to. But uh, yeah, it was a... I was looking forward to, to the night, so let's hop right into the action. As the first match of the evening was Steve Scott going against Rico Gonzalez. What was your thoughts on this match, John? Okay, so I don't know if I had seen Rico before. I know I have seen Scott before, but this was an excellent match, and I really liked Rico. This was one of these guys where... I really do want to see him back. You know what? I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I will tell you, man, Rico was awesome. He, he there was, was a that, lot of good. He was in the Atlanta show. He was oh, part really? Of, yeah, he was with the Bobby Flacco, Teriyaki, and all them in that six-way. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, he wrestled. They I think all, he wrestled twice. They all yeah. together. Oh, yeah, especially we took all this time <laughs> off. Yeah, it feels like a month ago that show went. <laughs> but, yeah, his offense, Rico's offense was fantastic. There was a lot of flying moves coming off the ropes. He had an excellent use of the ropes. There was a point where he tried to jump over Steve in the corner and then Steve caught him into a cutter. There was just fantastic across the board. There was a spot I think Steve did. I think it's called a gin and tonic or a jig and tonic. Yep, jig and I don't tonic. know if you ever seen. Yeah, so he did that on the side of the ring. I've never heard of that before, but I thought it was fantastic. But um, really, for me, Rico shines so much that I only got so many things on Steve. No lie. I have, there was a superplex here that was just fantastic that Steve did. But otherwise, really, I mean, I just want to see Rico again. It, it really blew me that much away. I could just see him fitting in the scramble so well that just, it, it kind of overshadowed some things. Yeah, and he did way better in this match too than I think in the original scramble in Atlanta that, uh, that he was on. Because I, like, that match was just so much going on and so many competitors flying all over the place, which was why a lot of people said that was like one of the best scrambles GCW did all year because all that talent was brand new to us and they were flying around the ring. Awesome, crazy scramble match. But seeing him more in a one-on-one -on -one, normal pace kind of match, like I was like, I was excited to see him back in the GCW ring, but I he went above my expectations on this match too because I didn't expect him to it was a nice solid match with Steve Scott. It was a uh what nine-minute match, but they did yeah. a lot of stuff there and it was entertaining and Steve Scott always comes out with his little phone, taking the selfies and stuff. But once the bell rang, like they're for the whole night, this was one of the, in my opinion, one of the top in-ring matches of the night because they were hitting every single spot good. And yeah, Rico's all over the place. I like his energy that he brings to the ring. Okay, so one of the things I want to talk about here would be about Steve Scott because he's one of those guys I do want to learn more. Um, 
I see Steve come to the ring and he's taking selfies. He's doing the whole thing. And I love that. But after that, what is there to Steve? That's what I want to know is what's what more is there to Steve? I, I see the gimmick up front. I get it. But how more how more is he working that out into his character? I just I would like to see more of Steve. I'm not I'm almost complaining because I, I just want to see more of him. So it's kind of a positive thing. But um, that's all I've seen of him a couple times now. So I don't know what to think of him. I, I, I just I need more. Yeah, his moveset in this match, too. I think uh, this was one of the better matches I've seen him have because like his moveset's pretty impressive. We saw uh, the finishing move. Uh, Steve Scott hits, uh, catches um, Rico on the ropes and then kind of had him in like a hangman position. And then he got underneath Rico and then just spiked him on his head. And, like, I think that was a superplex into the pile driver move I think you were talking about. And like yes. that was a great way to end that match because it was just like sudden, boom, caught, bam, it's over. Like Steve Scott did a really good job in this match as well. And like I want to see Steve Scott's repertoire of moves because as you like when we usually see him in a gcw ring other than like i usually see him on a one-on-one against uh asriel a lot but it's in the scramble match so we don't see much of him in his moveset just like quick here and there spots but it's mostly his phone and his hand as you said taking the the selfies where in this match like it like the ring the in-ring quality of this match like kind of went above my expectations because of, as you said, we don't see much of Steve Scott in the ring doing moves other than the always selfie moves. And Rico, we've only seen him once or twice in a GCW ring before, but it was more in a scramble setting. So this match was knocked it out of the park for me. Cause like I said, I, I just love Steve Scott's like He did a lot of innovative moves during this match. I kind of really liked, I think like earlier he caught him um, on the ring too, and did like another kind of like a quick, like there was no transition just right into the move, which was, pretty good because usually somebody would have to set it up i think it wasn't a yeah, pile driver yeah. but yeah you know what Isn't i'm that saying chicken tonic kind of thing that that one uh, move i was talking about the weird one no that one was on the outside and i don't i've never seen it done on the outside like that because i was even watching like once i saw the position I'm like oh he's gonna drop him on his head and then rico did a good job of burying himself underneath the safe zone <laughs> it was too hot scott but um and then, yeah, when he dropped him on me, that was pretty like that was a pretty innovative move. I've never seen it done on the outside before. We always just kind of see them kind of like use that as reversal in the ring and on like a sunset flip reversal kind of thing. So um, for the first match, though, this uh, for me, like I said, went above my expectations. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a fun night. And um, now we get to hear Rico Gonzalez sing. And what did Rico sing again? Steve chose oh. uh, Hips Don't Lie by Shakira. So Rico gets up there and um, we really don't hear a lot of words out of his mouth because number one, he's recovering, but number two, he does not know the words. Yep. So you hear the song going on and you hear him going, nah, 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 Hips Don't Lie. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, and he's dancing. Great. Yeah, his dancing kind of saved it for me. Yeah, he had the, you know, he had that Latin flair thing yep. going on. So all he had to do was shake a little bit and he had it and he was. So this this was entertaining. I was hoping to almost hear a little more because for Rico, it sounds like he's got enough personality that he could have made that even more fun. But but again, he's nursing those injuries he just got. So I was happy with this one, too, man. This was really this was really satisfying for a first. Yeah. And I liked his reaction, too, when Steve Scott goes, all right, what do you guys want to hear him singing? And so he's asking the fans and. I don't know if I heard a fan say hips don't lie or that, that this is what made me question. I was going to ask you, what, what did you think? Do you think they had those songs pre-planned out or called it on the fly? The only reason I'm asking this question, because mm. it seems like this one, I didn't hear hips don't lie as a suggestion. Maybe like I said, I was telling you before the show, like my audio was kind of down because it was late at night when I was watching this one. But 
And just his reaction to the face, like Rico is like, why, why did you yell hips don't lie? And Steve Scott's like, all right, hips don't lie it is. And then I can kind of see Brett in the back kind of like, hey, what did they say? And like him typing it up real fast. So what's your opinion? Do you think they planned the songs that they were going to sing? Or do you think they kind of called it on the fly? Okay, I know this is a shitty answer, but half and half. I really do yeah. think there were quite a few where they talked ahead of time and he went, okay, man, what are you, what are you comfortable with? And then there were other ones that they just, you know, did it to fuck with them. Um, I would think from a production perspective, you would want to make sure you knew the song ahead of time, just exactly. to make sure there's no hiccups. But of course, this is the settlement series. This is fucking GCW. They can do what they want. And, and it was fantastic. Yeah, I really do think a couple of them were planned. And I do think a couple of them were kind of on the fly, especially towards the end of the night. Yeah. So, you know, when we hear sexy boy. Yeah, was kind of that yeah, one was so. planned. Yeah. But I, I was actually kind of wondering, too, like, I was just waiting to hear, like, I don't know where Brett was pulling up these songs from, if it was Spotify or YouTube, but I was just waiting in, I hate to say this, the GCW settlement series fashion, where I was just waiting for an ad to start playing instead of a song, or like the song oh, playing and then an ad, like, I was just waiting for that, just because of all the shit that they've been getting for the ring bell and all that stuff, I was just waiting for them, kind of like, oops, it's, we forgot to do the ads and stuff like that, but as you said, this was a great way to open the, the night and... I was I was excited for it. Like even though Rico didn't sing a lot, as you said, like that's why I'm too. Like maybe he didn't really know the words. Like I just think if I know I'm got to like, hey, if I really gotta kind of go out there and sing and make myself look like a fool after I just wrestled the match, like I want to at least know the words so I don't look like more of a fool. But as you see throughout the night, there's uh, a lot of the wrestlers kind of forgot the lyrics and stuff, but I'm glad at least Rico, like, instead he knew he didn't know the words, so he decided, like, hey, I still got to humiliate myself. That's the whole point of having karaoke yeah. night. And I yeah. just loved having these dance and gave the fans a little bit of that. So um, I do want to see the same thing as you said, Rico. I definitely want to see him back in a GCW ring again. Yeah, he was really trying. Uh, he was looking good. He was trying to look good looking bad. Yeah, exactly. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. He's trying to get over, even though he took the loss. Like, hey, I can still pull. Uh, I know we were just talking about him earlier, but pull a little Danny Limelight and shake my hips and act like I know yeah. what I'm doing with this song and just kind of get the ladies going with my little swinging of the hips. So, uh, Rico, shout out to you for even doing that stuff, because I don't think I could have sang Hips Don't Lie, even just the chorus and still move my hips at the same time. And that will lead us into match number two of the evening. And as FB called it, this was a duet as it was a tag team match of the team of Young, Dumb, and Broke, consisting of Charlie Tiger and Alice Taylor, going against Petty in Pink, which is Dylan McQueen and Kenzie Page. And I, of course, being a Jordan fan, was kind of interested to see how Young, Dumb, and Broke would go. And I kind of like how they played a little bit to their match on at Settlement Series number one between Charlie Tiger and Alice Taylor as they went against each other the first night of the Settlement Series on part one. And they had a lot of friction going on. So it kind of teased like a breakup of Young, Dumb, and Broke. But um, in this match, they kind of had a little little spat here and there, a little miscommunication. So I kind of liked how they kind of played off of that. It, makes, it rewards us, us, especially GCW fans, watching Settlement Series 1. And it kind of rewards us of, hey, I remember when they kind of broke, almost broke up in uh, Series 1. So I was looking forward to that, but I haven't seen much of Kenzie Page. So she was kind of brand new to me of, uh, during this match. What was your thoughts on this match? Okay, I'll be the one to say it. No lie, Dylan has Effie vibes. Yep. Okay, it's not... It's... Okay. Um, It's the hair. It's the build. It's the <laughs> attitude. It's the interaction with the fans. 
it's the whole it's the whole thing. When I watch him on the entrance, there's a spot where he gets down on his knees and opens his hand kind of thing. Effie does the same damn thing. So I watch that and I go, damn, if we could put those two together, I would say for sure Dylan would learn a lot because it seems like Dylan is the younger between those two. So um, if they brought him or if they brought those two in the same capacity and put them on a team, they would be killer. I mean, obviously I could put them with Allie. That would make a three, but um, that would be a great answer for SGC. Um, Kenzie, Kenzie has incredible attitude. I really liked it. She was one that reminded me of, um, I wanted to say alley catch, but it's not an alley catch. I'd actually like to see Bussy up against, um, Patty and pink at some point, but, um, Billy Starks, Kenzie page gave me a Billy Starks kind of same thing though. Just the hair, the body type, the attitude was very Billy Starks. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, especially like, as you're saying, Billy Starks, I'm going to say Bully Starks of when she's in that kind of character, when she's doing it for other promotions and stuff, she acts more of yes. a heel in those ones. I was thinking the same, like, once you said that, I'm like, that's a good comparison because I didn't, I had, like I said, I had no idea about Kenzie Page. And once you said Billy Starks, I'm like, yeah, she reminds me of Bully Starks when Petty, uh, Billy's trying to be a heel and stuff. So, yeah, I like that comparison. Yeah, she has a take no shit GCW kind of attitude. So as a female, she has that strength. That, um, you know, she's got that hard shell that you can't crack. And that's something that GCW really likes in their women. Young, Dumb and Broke wasn't really doing too much to be faces. It was really that Petty and Pink was doing such great heel work. I don't have a lot of examples because they were just kind of small, but they added up. But the whole time, yeah, you, you see them both out there really working their asses off. And Young, Dumb and Broke were primarily just answering to what they were doing they weren't doing a lot of face stuff you know they weren't trying to get any you know any any kind of reaction from the crowd whereas all the reaction from the crowd was really coming in the form of heat yeah for petty and pink but great teamwork great teamwork for petty and pink for sure um if they are a tag team i would like to see them come back and do something again and again just because they're so damn close with um, Allie's attitude mixed up with Kenzie's attitude. And we have Dylan and Effie damn near being like looking into a mirror at each other. I think that would be a good two versus two at one of these settlement series. And throw in Dark Sheik yeah. as uh, maybe, as you said, like the teaming up Dylan McQueen, teaming up with uh, Effie and Team Bussy, throw in Dark Sheik in there. And like you said, that's a nice little stable that could uh, give SGC a run for its money sometime down the line, maybe. Not going to argue, man. Yeah, and going back to as you were saying, Young Dumb Broke, they every time I've seen them, I've no, I don't think I've ever really seen them as faces. I mean, sometimes when they're with Jordan, they'll get a face reaction if Jordan is a face at that time, or venue depends on when we see him. But yeah, Young Dumb Broke, like I was kind of interested on that. As you said, like that was the one thing that stood out to me was like, who should I be cheering for? Because yeah, Petty and Peak, like I want to cheer for them, but they're also doing some heelish kind of stuff. So I don't know who to root for or who to cheer for. So that was kind of like a heel versus heel to match. That's kind of how I thought it was. And as you said, like Charlie Tiger and Alice Taylor, like Alice, I could kind of see as they face Charlie, not so much, but I could see the kind of Alice, if they do like ever break up as they teased in these settlement series, like I could see Alice Taylor, Taylor kind of being the, the face that gets the rub after that kind of feud with uh, Charlie Tiger. So that was, that was an interesting like combination of the the teals there too but um young dumb and broke do pick up the victory 
as they hit a Death Valley driver onto Dylan McQueen for the victory. And a solid match. I, it was entertaining. I liked it. I like seeing uh, Kenzie bring something new to the table with Dylan McQueen. We've seen him a couple times lately, too, um, on not these GCW shows, but like kind of like Effie's Big Gay Brunch. And I think he wrestled on Settlement Series earlier. I can't remember. Been, it's been a while, but uh, I've seen we've seen much of him. And I, I want to see him come back and do something with that because I think there yeah. there is some money to be made there with those two. Oh, yeah, I think so. I uh, you made a good point here about the time of the match. I honestly could have seen more than seven and a half minutes. This was just a, you know, a touch over seven and a half minutes. This didn't make the eight minute mark there. There was enough there for them to go another four or five minutes if they really wanted to. And again, love young, dumb and broke. I will say, though, after watching them many times, they don't do much when it comes to playing to the crowd. They come in, they do their thing. They're solid performers. But um, if they did more of that, that would be their next step towards showing more personality. They're yeah. not, if they don't do microphone, at least play to the crowd. Fuck. You know, if you do something awesome, turn around and be like, yeah, because just celebrate it with the people because the people want to celebrate with you. And you're going to either get the heel reaction or the face reaction. You're going to get a reaction, which is what every wrestler wants. So yes, like even yeah. if playing it to the crowd, you don't know what kind of reaction you're going to get, but you know, you're going to get a reaction, which is better than no reaction. And yeah, I, whenever I see young, dumb and broke outside of Jordan, I kind of don't root for him. I hate to say it. Like, I kind of wish he would, they teased it a long, like not a long time ago, but like earlier this year when Jordan was kind of losing at the beginning of this year, they were kind of teasing him leaving young, dumb and broke, but they also, so that like, hey, I am loyal to my friends that I, I came up here with because like I'm pretty sure Jordan showed up first. And then like shortly after we saw Charlie Tiger, Alice Taylor and um, was it uh, Griffin McCoy. That, that's another one. I think I don't I don't know what does that situation is like, why we don't see him on GCW no more. I think it's because he works for uh, another company that we won't mention around here. But I, I think that's the reason why. But I think he, uh, him and Jordan were the stars of that group where Charlie Tiger and Ellis Taylor were kind of like the lackeys. But I do like to see them in tag matches because it gives them more of a purpose so that they don't need Jordan or Griffin to kind of elevate their own status. So I just, I, I just want to see kind of maybe Jordan pick a little new group of teammates here to have young, dumb and broke and kind of, Veer off from Charlie Tiger and Alice Taylor, but who knows? Maybe that'll happen down the line. Um, well, I think that Jordan Oliver has just elevated himself past. Yeah, that is just I don't, you know, I don't want to do a negative thing, but yeah. it, it, positively, the dude is just in a different atmosphere now. He is not where he was even a year ago. Yeah. So that's that's what happens in that case. And um Young Dumb and Broke, when they picked up this win. They picked Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. So, okay, in my head, I'm going, oh, hell yeah, I get to hear a pretty good performance of Lady Gaga. It's It's got to be, you know, it's going to be fantastic. It, they picked it for a reason, I figure, you know. And then Dylan kind of sings like he has no energy, and Kenzie doesn't really have any energy. And I was honestly looking forward to a real performance here because it could have been entertaining but Dylan was really playing up the injury so much that it took away from the fun portion of the entire. Um, it was what we were all looking forward to. The gimmick was this at the end. And he just kind of held his head and went, uh, I mean, really, it was bad. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's so disappointing because you can see naturally he's a performer. Yeah. 
And that's why I liked Rico. Like after seeing this, I'm like, oh, Rico is going to like, yeah, at least he at least attempted to sing the song and said at least the chorus. And then, hey, like I said, I was saying earlier, don't know those songs, but at least he could dance to it and make it entertaining. Because, yeah, I didn't think there was a big payoff after this one as well. Like I was expecting like, hey, maybe you're embarrassed and you now got to sing this song. But it was kind of nothing. And other until like Kenzie started getting on the, the mic and started singing and yelling at everyone, too. So. I, I don't know. Like I was the same way. Like I wish there was a more of a performance, uh, like kind of how we got from Rico. Well, you know how it is. They always remember the ending. Yeah. Here's one of them. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we do see Dylan McQueen though. And Kenzie page back. Cause like I said, I think there could be a lot done there with them and Bussy. going on to match three of the evening. We have Dustin Waller going against Teriyaki and Teriyaki is one of my, Ones now that I love seeing on the GCW show. I hope he keeps on improving. Hopefully we'll keep seeing more of him. So I was looking forward to seeing him back into a GCW ring, of course, going against Dustin Waller. Once again, back in a GCW ring. What was your thoughts on this match? Here come them teriyaki chants. Yep. Mr. Teriyaki trained by A.R. Fox. I'm really happy he's back. He scrambled ready in my head. Uh, before this match starts, we're waiting for the bell to ring and someone goes, hit it, Brett. Yep. I thought that was fantastic. A lot of great double moves. There's the point where they were, uh, you know, even holding hands and they were doing moves together. They would go down to the ground and both miss the pin by doing a bridge together. Uh, it was a fantastic start. There was a nice uh, Michinoku driver variant by Dustin. He has a lot of strength for his size. That headband kind of gives him that 80s vibe. Uh, there was also a spot where Terry did a tope con Hio into a second row of chairs. It ended up with GCW chance, and I cut you off. What's up, brother? No, it's because I, I got the rocker kind of vibe from him. Like, uh, yes, like the old rockers or the even like the old young bucks, like with the headband. I was like, oh, he's got a little interesting look. And then, uh, what was I gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I no, went dead good. right there because there wasn't much left and I was erasing as you were talking. So I just went. I <laughs> and was like, I had okay, something else I was going to say. Okay, good. Yeah, if I you want to pick up with that, I'll follow you, brother. Yeah. Fuck. I just like dropped, died because I had nothing I'm to say. the same way. I forgot. Oh, my. I, I, my brain freeze and I saw you delete it. And then like my brain just really froze. Like I was like, what? I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying like all everything <laughs> no. hit, hit me at the same time. Okay. There was like a magic and Dustin Waller. I think he's got great size, as you were saying, too. Like, I think he has a lot of room to grow into his body to even show off more strength. And hopefully he can keep that agility while gaining all those muscles and kind of turn into like a little bit bigger, not a bigger version, a smaller version of um, Shane Mercer, because I, I like, like his build. I think he can grow into it and his like length and size is awesome seeing in the ring and his high flying moves is like i think that's his move set that he has now i just hope if he does build into his size i hope he could kind of keep that high flying move set that he has because it's pretty impressive some of these moves that he's doing our winner mr dustin waller with a modified frog splash just like you're saying he just he is really fantastic and i believe you're right too he's going to grow into that body he's going to mature and it's going to look a hell of a lot better as he does so Dustin wins and he allows Terry to sing a song of his choice. I honestly could not tell you what it was. If you could tell me possibly, I don't know, but oh, I, I did write. It's okay. It's okay. And maybe it was just for a short amount of time and he barely sung, but um, this was in my notes where I put the fact that the wrestlers are beat up and out of breath have actually taken the karaoke part out 
of of the show and it made it not as fun as expected i again i don't mean it in a bad way but i kind of do like ah, i was kind of looking forward to see mcqueen sing i want to hear terry figure out whatever he's gonna sing i want to see him perform these guys have personality and i want to see this is the talent portion of the show man give us the song and dance yep that thousand percent that's what i loved about the settlement series part one was the Axton Ray talking about grandma sandwich and here just hearing him talk because we haven't talked before, but he got to show some personality. He got some mic time. Everybody got mic time on that show. And so this one, I was like, okay, at least half the people will get mic time. And okay, they're singing, but show some personality. If you're a heel, say that song wrong and yell at the fans, do something. If you're a face, kill it, go all in with it, do a little dance, make a little performance out of it. Like, I, that's why I was the same way looking forward to it because it's. Once again, after this is now match three, you're like, wait a minute, the last two karaoke's like, what happened? And Rico, we didn't get much, but we at least got the dancing, the hips don't lie, and him kind of bringing himself down because he just lost. So he's supposed to be kind of getting a little heat and a little embarrassment for losing. That's why we're doing karaoke for the losers. And I just didn't get that from Dylan McQueen or same thing on this one. And then, uh, not no knock on teriyaki, but I didn't like get it because I didn't even, like I said, I don't even remember the song. Because I could, I I couldn't really hear it either. Because little audio quality issues, but that's another discussion. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, man. But it was a fun match. Fun seeing Dustin yeah. Waller back. Fun seeing Teriyaki back. I I want to see Teriyaki more. And I, same thing as him. Like once he kind of not grows into his body, but fills out his body more. And I I that. It's going to be fun seeing the scrambles, like, let's say next year and seeing it's like Teriyaki's now the scramble in every single scramble, like Jimmy Lloyd or Dustin Waller or Rico Gonzalez. Like that, that talent is just, I love how they rotate the talent. Like there's always going to be yeah. room for new talent to kind of showcase themselves or prove themselves to stay on as a regular. So I'm very much looking forward to the future of the GCW scrambles and all the young stars that they're bringing in. Yeah, GCW can't say they don't give these young guys a spotlight for sure. Um, out comes Los Macisos. Yay. Thank goodness. I can't wait. We now have a Spanish announced team in Los Macisos. And they killed it. This is one of yes. the many reasons I love Los Macisos. Not just their in-ring, not just the crazy death matches, not the high flying moves, like I and their charisma and stuff. Like this was awesome. I didn't understand like half of what they said, probably more than half what they said, but their commentary during this next match was freaking hilarious. And I loved hearing Ciclope and Macisos. Like, I know I'm a shill for them. Like, feed me Los Macisos anytime. Like, even hearing Bussy on commentary as the judge was awesome and hilarious on the set of yeah. series one. So if they're like, if FP could do it, like I like seeing Los Macisos getting out and doing the commentary. Cause th this was a fun Spanish announced team that they had for the next match. And in the next match, uh, match number four of the evening is Bobby Flacco going against Rolando Perez. And I was tripped up at first. I was like, Rolando looks familiar. Why does he look familiar? But I remember the last time I saw him, he was actually Cabana man, Dan, I'm pretty sure. Reading that off cage match because I had to go back. I'm like, why does he look familiar? And scrolling down, I end up seeing one of his uh, characters, one of his gimmicks is Cabana Man Dan. So that's why he looked familiar to me. And I haven't seen Rolando in a GCW ring in a long time. So it's kind of nice seeing him back because, like I said, it was a familiar face, but it's been so long I couldn't remember seeing him. And, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this match? Um it was fun watching Flacco comes out by sliding across the floor. Obviously, he can't have his dirt bike with him, which is unfortunate. I'm guessing they didn't allow him to have it in the building. And that's or, what, or maybe it was. 
No, yeah, that's why I was like, that's what kind of sucks. Like, hey, he brought it out the first time, but then yeah. like we haven't seen it since then. It's like, wait, I was so, and now every time I hear Bobby Flacco, I'm like, where's the motorcycle? Where's the motorcycle? Like, it does kind of suck. Yep. He's not able, even if like, because it's not a giant one. It's a little mini one. So I just don't know why he can't bring these into these venues because it's a small little thing. It's like, uh, like if there was a, a like someone had a chainsaw and then, you know, some buildings, they just don't let you start it up. I'm guessing maybe because it's a combustible thing or yeah. whatever. Uh, <laughs> But speaking of all the Spanish, Los Macizos were freaking awesome. Singing Sweet Home Alabama was hilarious. Um, they were calling Perez Sexy Perez yes. because of his hair. And um, that was almost all I could pick up. My wife's Cuban. I'm pretty good with Spanish half the time. Outside of that, the only other words I could pick up were Bobby Flacco and Rolando Perez. But I was really happy. Um, I didn't have to understand what. Los Macisos was saying some of it was just said so damn funny that it was entertaining. Uh, that was going to be my exact quote too. I was like, yeah, I didn't understand much what they said either, but damn, were they entertaining? Cause yeah, like, and that's what you want. Like doesn't, I, I just loved it. Like I, maybe some people really want to hear the commentary on this. Like I, I take these settlement series as kind of like, Hey, this is their fun. Let's explore stuff. Let's just go out there have a, sh put on a show, fulfill our contract. But Let's have fun and give the GCW fans a reason to watch the show, but have it be a fun show, not serious. And them on commentary, like I was, I was dying because, like, because like sometimes they did sound like the old Spanish announce team where, like, when a crazy sequence was going on, you just hear a bunch of fast, crazy Spanish going on, and then hey, at the end, I was like, I was dying. <laughs> I love Ciclope and Medio. Like, I, I, so glad that they are coming, or that they are back and. DCW and almost on every single card. Actually, not almost. They are on every single card. So I, any way you could put Los Macisos on my screen or in my ears, I am all in for it. And that would that made this match kind of more fun for me because the in ring was kind of okay. They didn't have a lot of time to tell the story anyway during this match. This was only a five minute match, and that was yeah. kind of like a theme throughout the night. Like only one out of the or two out of the nine matches were over ten minutes, and. Which is kind of fine. I think they maybe ended it early so that way, hey, maybe three, four minutes of karaoke time, which kind of hasn't happened so Makes far. Sense. But I kind of like the quick pacing of the match. It didn't feel like it dragged on either. But Los Macisos was the stars of this match. I'm sorry, Bobby Flacco. Sorry, Rolando Perez. But Los Macisos killed it during commentary during this match. Also, before I uh, forget, I wanted to apologize because I still can't find the song that Teriyaki sang. So if we figure it out before <laughs> the end of the show, I'll try to make sure we uh, we broadcast that out because I feel bad that I don't have that. That's like basic to me to have. Usually I have all my notes pretty tight. But yeah, Bobby was all over the place. Quick, agile. You can tell he's used to being a face. You can tell he's used to having a certain amount of applause. Um, that lets you know that he's ready to kind of keep stepping up to another level because he 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 just has such that interaction that you can tell he's just he's ready. Um, Bobby almost appears mad about a slap Perez gave him to the neck. I don't know how mad or not he was, but he slapped Perez back pretty damn quick as a receiver. Yeah. So, he stood right, he stood right up and like bam, bam, bam. And then like, yeah, they weren't like real punchers or shoot punchers. They were kind of like, hey, I want to hit you, but I also know I can't really hit you like I want to, but I'm gonna make you feel these. So it's kind of like a mixture of like kind of 
fist, like the bottom of your hand hit or the yeah. top of your wrist and then some slaps. But yeah, and something like set, set him off. And I was kind of wondering like, what the hell happened? Because it did get it like super sloppy right there for a few seconds, which made me kind of question what was going on. But I also kind of figured, hey, maybe it's like younger talent, not used to working each other. And we only got five yep. minutes here. So like, could have been a back off kid. Yeah, exactly. You know, the back off kid kind of slap, slap, slap. You yeah. Know? But for the five minutes, it was a pretty decent match. I like seeing Bobby Flacco back in the ring. And like I said, I'm glad I was like, I looked up on CageNet. And I hope CageNet or Cage Match is right because I, I can't for certain say that's Cabana Mandan, but I'm pretty sure it looked like him, but in a totally different kind of version. So um, nice kind of seeing him, though, back in the GCW because it has been a minute. And uh, Bobby Flacco does win as he hits a top rope. Uh, yeah, he was on the top rope and kind of led off into like a, a stunner kind of version. It wasn't as clean as I thought either. Cause like I thought maybe it was going to be like a cross body press because that's what he did, like just like the move or two prior. And I think maybe uh-huh. like, they went back to it. Maybe they messed it up or something. I don't know for sure, but uh, it was a pretty innovative move uh, that Bobby Flacco hit. I kind of like seeing the way he hit it and the way that uh, Rolando Perez sold it. So uh, Bobby Flacco does pick up the win and uh, Bobby makes Rolando Perez sing smooth by rob thomas and that one to me kind of kind of came out of left field i didn't understand the choice of song there well maybe that was something that perez has listened to because it is a good song and when uh you heard los macizos kind of go ah when it came on um before i forget too i've listened to enough mexican soccer that i will tell you mexican soccer has definitely influenced the way that los macizos does their announcing you could hear a lot of the voice inflections going on in the ahs and again like you were saying where the action picks up where all of a sudden the the pace of the speaking picks up too so it was fantastic to listen to that and um big ups to them for trying it's really awesome to see someone trying to go out there and kind of expand their uh expand their horizons a little bit and become more than just one thing yeah and i like uh like how they just dove right into it too like there was like not even really a setup they just like all right we're here we're gonna do the commentary and they just boom 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 it was like you just heard their voice non-stop like commentary where i've seen like other wrestlers to kind of hop on commentary and there's a lot of that space where they yeah. kind of just they find themselves just watching it because they're not used to commentary where these two were just non-stop and i just love the way they feed off each other like i might want to go back and just like like figure out exactly what they said in spanish to english just because like, i i just picture them just talking shit to each other or like talking <laughs> shit about us because we don't know spanish and stuff like haha we're gonna say whatever we want because you don't understand us anyway kind of thing so i just love their energy they brought to that match too it was pretty cool and i do yeah good Oh, no, I was going to say, if they mentioned us, I didn't hear my name because usually I'm referred to as the uh, Diablo Blanco. So I didn't hear my I didn't hear myself. That's usually what the in-laws call me. So, yeah, I, lo- I loved at least Rick, uh, uh, Rolando at least kind of st- stepped into this and kind of like did the dancing at least for the song. And like he was still offbeat. They all were like, I'm not watching them for the song, but I just want to see the humiliation of it because. Yes. that's the point like the loser you're gonna humiliate yourself by singing this and at least him like dancing with the little necktie i was like oh, think of it like little chippendale out here trying to sing and trying to get some yeah. fans to go home with him and stuff so at least he also just like how rico did kind of dove into it self-deprecated themselves and put on an entertaining couple seconds for the fans for karaoke so at least they that was kind of nice little pick up pick me up after the last two matches was kind of no singing or dancing or anything at all and that will lead us into our fifth matchup of the evening as Bam Sullivan goes one-on-one against John Donnie Janela. And yeah, 
this was an interesting combination here to me. I was, yeah. I was interested. I'm like, what are these two going to do? And yeah, interesting match. What was your thought on this match? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't know what to expect, but I knew off the gate that, you know, Donnie has personality to him. So, you know, Donnie gets introduced. He starts walking out. He starts staring down Hot Dog Dewey. Yes. And then he ends up like looking him up and down, up and down. And then finally he high fives him, gives him the approval. Bam was well received. We had Bam chance, clutch your nuts chance. Janela ended up doing a lot of heel tricks. Uh, he was doing a lot of stalling, which everybody knows stalling is like the heel thing. I can't stand stalling. So that's just, you know, he was doing there. Um, bam. He looked very strong. He was wrestling a much smarter game than Donnie was. Donnie was more entertainment, whereas Bam was primarily keeping the match reined into more of a wrestling match. Uh, Donnie was beating and choking Bam with his belt. And then at one point, Bam starts beating and choking Janela with his own belt. So, you know, there was not a lot of high spots here. Bam had a nice spine buster, but otherwise not a lot of stuff off the top ropes. It went outside for just a small amount of time. I mean, nine and a half minutes. I don't know what to say. Honestly, I would have flipped the last match in this one and give this one more like a five minute thing because they must have been told not to do much, I'm guessing, because, again, they didn't do a whole heck of a lot. I know that sounds bad, but maybe it is. I it's just the most the most fun I had in this match was after because of the karaoke. Yeah, Donnie killed it. Like that was I know you have it in your notes here too. Like that was actually like, hey, he legitimately sang that song. I was like, thank you. We're getting back to yes. what the whole point of the show was, which I was a nice breath of fresh air. Like I, I kind of don't think about it now. Like Dylan McQueen, yes, kind of selling it, but like as you said, he oversold it. Where it kind of took away from the fun part of the show, where we didn't get to actually hear him sing. But I kind of get it because they're tired, obviously doing a match and then trying to sing a song. But at least do a little performance. And Donnie yeah. absolutely killed it. And I was thinking this match would be more extreme, more outside the ring, more little fuckery going on, or more like. Me too, tactics. dude. And yeah, this they kind of try to do a different style, which props to them. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't what I thought was going to happen during this match. Because like I said, this was an interesting pairing to me. I kind of didn't know what was going on, but I just figured, hey, Donnie Janela and especially Bam Sullivan, they're going to get a little crazy. It's not going to be an in-ring Texas catch can wrestling. It's going to be, we're going to get a little violence here. We're going to get a little extreme, do some uh unexpected kind of things not crazy death matches stuff but at least do something a little bit different than have a normal one-on-one match but i i think at least donnie for me kind of saved it with his performance singing it because yeah, yeah he dove into it and I, I loved seeing that because it brought me back into oh okay now we're going to start singing again hopefully the next person that loses starts to sing again as well so i was kind of kind of happy they kind of brought that whole thing back at the end of this match so donnie did exactly what i was hoping was going to happen with all these matches. It was basically going to be a fun sing-along. What a great pickup, you know, living on a prayer. Everybody's fucking singing it. It's great. There are so many great sing-along songs from the last 40 years that everybody could have picked a sing-along song or just to throw it out a little bit there, maybe have one person do something very embarrassing. But this whole time, it could have been a quote-unquote like a team-building event. This could have really been a live moment here. Yeah, and I, I kind of, like you said, the team building, that's what I kind of got from the first sediment series was they're all having fun. You got Effie and 
alley cats dressing up as freaking Supreme Court justices or whatever wigs that they were wearing. And like the characters, when they gave the stories, you could tell like, hey, we're going to have fun with this. And like you could see like a lot of camaraderie during the talking of back and forth and with the stories and stuff like that, where I didn't get much to it from here. It's like, hey, I won. You sing this song. I'm going to step away. And you barely sing the song. and That was it. But Donnie killed it. Like I loved seeing Donnie just bring it back full circle. Maybe like, I wonder like if he was thinking like, Hey, I'll show you guys what a real performance looks like here and to try to top right, that kind right. of thing. So that was pretty cool. Going into the sixth match in the evening, we have Grim Reefer going against Hunter Drake. And it was kind of nice seeing Grim Reefer. It's been a while since I've seen him, uh, in a GCW ring. Oh, I guess they did the last JCW, but it's, Feels like it's been a longer time than we've seen normally. And Hunter Drake's glad to see him back in, kind of see him getting some more shows on on the GCW slash JCW stuff. So um, I was interested to see an uh, old vet against a young up-and-comer here. So I was interested to see how this match would play off. What was your thoughts on this? So maybe Reefer's been hitting the weights. Maybe it's because he changed his gear. But he looks like he's either gained muscle a little bit or he slimmed down a little bit and he looks a little more cut. Um, also, maybe he could just be using the fat guy thing that I always use, which is uh, dark is slimming. So maybe <laughs> he's just the dark clothes is maybe doing their job. I'm not really sure. Uh, Hunter with a nice tope onto reefer, sending him into a second row of chairs was just a fantastic spot. Um, I really. This. OK, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. The fans were finally alive. They started to become alive during this part of the show. And I mean it. It was kind of lukewarm when they sang Living on a Prayer and then into this match it picked up, dude. That's what I was about to say. It was, it was Donnie bringing them back with that performance of like, hey, I know you guys probably haven't got what you want. Here you go. And you give the fans what you want. You're going to be rewarded by the fans' interactions and chants and energy during the matches. So... Thank you, Donnie, for bringing that uh, kind of full circle. And speaking of going back full circle, Grim Reefer, he also had a little tan on him, too. I think maybe that's what it is for me. Like, oh, for me, I was maybe. like, he looks a little tanner now. He's outside getting some sun, getting uh, some exercise and running on the beach or something. Yeah, he did look in better, not better shape, but like he looked more. Healthier. Yeah, health, like not even like he looked unhealthy, but yeah, looked like healthier and like healthier yes yeah and enjoying like <laughs> like, like hey i've been enjoying my time off of not wrestling maybe because it looked like he hit the beach there so it's kind of like nice seeing him kind of uh he did look younger though i will say that with the haircut and stuff like that i do hate to say that uh -huh. but he did look a little bit younger with the little haircut and the backwards hat too so he did definitely change something but maybe it was a combination of everything where he looks like uh the the younger uh Grim Reefer than the older Grim Reefer as we've seen lately. Well, from somebody my age to someone his age, whatever it is, it's working. Stick with right. it. Whatever it is, it's subtle. It's so subtle we can't pick it up, but it's working. So, yeah, I don't know if it was a haircut or maybe he went to grandma's house and got some cookies with Axton. I don't uh, know, but something's working, man. Axton's um, grandma sandwich. About, this is only a six-minute match, but about five minutes in, here comes Reefer. He comes out with the Reefer. He goes full Popeye. We've got Puff Puff Smash, I think is what uh, Emil said. And um, Reefer does his thing, man. Grim Reefer ends up uh, winning with a torture rack into the corner, and then he goes into like his pile driver. It's a fantastic move on Drake. Luckily, that's done on a young kid, because that would be rough on a guy older. 
Yeah, I like how he does that move too. He's like, just has him in that fireman's, like upside down fireman's yeah. carry right into the yeah. corner. And then, hey, I'm not letting you down yet. I'm dropping you on your head into this pile driver. I love seeing Grim Reaper do that move. And it just amazes me every single time how he could jump on these ropes and still keep his uh <laughs> his little device, not device, his, his little joint in his mouth. Like, it's pretty impressive how he does that. I don't, I don't think I could ever do that. I'm sure he's practiced that. Uh, way more than probably I have to. So yes, that always every time I see it though, I'm like, how does he do that? But nice seeing Grim Reaper back in the ring. Nice seeing Hunter Drake back in the ring. Nice solid six minute match. Um, and I loved how Grim Reaper ends up picking. Never gonna give you up from Rick Astley for Hunter Drake to sing, and that was fun. That was at least I was actually yep. before the show. I'm like. Who's going to get Rick rolled tonight? Are we either going to be the ones that get Rick rolled or is a wrestler <laughs> going to get Rick rolled? So it was kind of nice seeing them pull that song out of the hat. Dude, the sing along was so bad. I put in my notes that the sing along was atrocious, but it was a funny, like in a funny way. If you had a group of 150 in a room and none of them were sure of themselves, but all of them wanted to sing at the same time, this is exactly what it sounded like. And I was laughing so hard because everybody was on board, but they were on board with one foot only. <laughs> it was I, fine. I love seeing like the people in the front row too. You see them just getting down and singing it. They're all dancing in their chairs. Like, I love seeing that because like that's what I wanted to see the whole night, not just like yeah, during part like. That's the kind of seeing the crowd interact like that. Like the dude even stands up and starts like pointing to the crowd and singing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that's the kind of interaction I love seeing from the fans. So shout out to that fan that got up and danced and sang to that song because that was that was fun. And Hunter Drake for going in, holding his stomach, still singing the song and kind of taking the beating or still yes. singing after taking the beating was awesome to see. Like I loved it. That was a good, like I said, I think Donnie Janela kind of brought it back in, like, hey guys. I'm going out here and I'm going to sing this song the way I'm going to sing it. You all could do something a little bit better. So it was kind of nice seeing them uh, getting the karaoke back into the swing of things. That will lead us into match number seven as Jordan Oliver goes one-on-one -on -one against Brandon Burke. I really wish they would have said Brandon Cattall like how they did in the Sediment Series Part 1. I was kind of hoping that. Uh-huh. But I get it. Whatever. But I, was, I, I want to see more continue... Like the stories continue throughout these kind of events. That's what I was kind of hoping for, but it's all good. We get to see Brandon Kirk back in a GCW ring, and I like his little haircut. He got like a little shaved head, not the yeah, doesn't have the blonde no more. So it's a new look for uh, new look for Brandon. So of course I'm going to look forward to this match. It's Jordan against Brandon, and uh, I like seeing Brandon wrestle. Like of course in death matches, but I like to actually see him actually put on a wrestling match. And Jordan Oliver was the perfect opponent for him, and. This was this was probably uh and other than the first the first match was really good too, but in my eyes, I think this was one of the better matches of the night because you had two solid veteran veterans in there that could go in the ring and uh, talent-wise, these are more recognizable names. Um, as I know, I don't want to step on your next note, but like more recognizable names than have been brought or shown to us throughout this event so far. Okay, so I'll be the one to say it too. This, I'll say it slowly so I don't step on any toes. This was our first real marquee level match of the night. This was this was really the step up to the next level. This is where the energy went up. This is where the talent levels went up. Everybody finally gets a chance to really settle in and they're looking forward to seeing a real a real match here. And they gave they gave 12 minutes here and they filled it up really nicely. Um Young, dumb and broke chance. A lot of young, dumb and broke chance. I thought that was really cool. At some point, I'd like to see young, dumb and broke. Maybe maybe come out to the side and, and cheer uh, 
and cheer him on maybe at some point. Well, uh, Alice Taylor does actually kind of stand like as Jordan makes his way through the entrance, you do see Alice Taylor in the background kind of yeah. like not dressed up, but like you can kind of see him in the background. Like tonight, Kai and Yo-Yo were on screen more than almost all the wrestlers all night because they're standing right there too, right by the entrance, just enjoying the show and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, that's funny you said that because I was like, wait a minute, Alice Taylor was out there. Yeah, Jordan. Well, first of all, there was a handshake. I always like to talk about the handshake because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a feel good person. I really like that. But Jordan looked far superior. Uh, he gets kicked in the nuts by Brandon at one point. He may have legitimately caught him just <laughs> yeah. for a small amount of time. Did you see there was a stall yep. there for about 10, 15 seconds? And Jordan's uh, look, too, was kind of like, really? Like, you actually went through uh-huh. with it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brandon was in control for several minutes. A lot of ground offense. There was not a lot of high flying out of Kirk. Kirk isn't a high flying kind of guy. He's a boots on the ground. Um, Jordan had a great Batista bomb. If anybody has a chance to go back and check that out. This was a slower than normal Jordan match. If, um, if there was any speed, it was really more towards Brandon's style. A lot of back and forth brawling. And yeah, Brandon didn't really leave his feet. This was primarily um, Brandon being the veteran and Jordan still being uh, a young cat out there. And um, they really did polish each other really well in this match. And I think Jordan probably learned a lot out of it, maybe even to get a cup when he wrestles from here on out. (laughs) Yes, the cup would definitely be good going against uh, Brandon Kirk. I was kind of thinking the same thing. It wasn't as a fast-paced match as a GCW show usually are. Every match is go, 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 which is fine. Some matches, obviously, they tell the story and do the in-ring work. But I was kind of like, they're playing it safe. After seeing the Bam Sullivan match, and they didn't get too dangerous or crazy with that, and Johnny Janela, I, I, as this match was going on, I was like, okay, everyone's just playing it safe. We're trying to just get to the next show. We want to have an entertaining show. But let's still keep it safe and not go crazy out here because I think the action in the first two uh, Sediment Series episodes was a lot more faster paced GCW where I I, I noticed a, a big difference of the pacing of each match throughout this card as well. And um, I kind of it was kind of I don't know, I, I, like the, the injuries that Brandon Kirk maybe has sustained or the body going through all these death matches. I think that's what I was excited for this match. But as it kind of went on, I was like. I don't know if it's because they were told to slow down or it's like, man, is the body like the beating that Brandon Kirk has put on his body week in, week out and all these death matches. Like to me, it kind of showed up during this match where, as you said, though, you made a great point. Like, I don't know if they were told to slow down and maybe that's why it wasn't as great of a match that I thought it was going to be with Brandon Kirk. I could see him kind of slowing down and doing more psychology, more heel tactics, more like, hey, we're going to slow this pace down. So I just don't know if it's, like and I know we see it like with Nick Gage, like you, your body has to go through in one year of, of death matches. It probably feels like twenty years of an actual career in one year because all the crazy shit they do with their bodies during these death matches. But I loved how, as you said, Jordan could learn from this match. I think that's where Brandon kind of kicked in. It was like, hey, we're gonna go slow. We're gonna tell a story here, but we don't need to go, 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 go. We could slow it down. And let's take our time and be nice and safe and still have a pretty good match. Because this was actually, even with it not being a typical pace match, it was still a very good match that these two had. Okay, so I'm wondering if maybe it was an injury for Brandon Kirk. Um, I've heard before that if someone isn't doing well, it's because they're not doing well. 
Yeah. So maybe, you know what I mean? Like, so maybe there's an injury there or something because that wasn't typical Brandon Kirk. And I would also say this was one match that I noticed for sure that Jordan Oliver has enough excitement for two people. I'm really saying yeah. that his offense keeps it exciting enough just on his end alone, that if a person is nursing an injury or whatnot, you just have to be a warm body. And as long as you are cooperative enough to let the kid work with you, it just seems like he's got enough. He's just got enough for two people. So, I mean, uh, Brandon did his thing. Jordan uh, looks great as always. That's all I have to say, man. Yeah. It was Sorry. A, it's no. just one of those things. It was a good show or a good match. I thought maybe a little bit more happened, but like I said, I think there was a lot of different factors going on, but still nice, solid match. Like one of the better matches on this card, in my opinion, because obviously the marquee level names too, they're two of the bigger names that went against each other. Yep. Um, that might've had a little different too, for me, like Jordan, like, as you said, like I it looked like he was above Brandon Kirk by a long shot on this match. Like I said, this is not a shot on Brandon Kirk, but I think that's just the elevation that Jordan is going through. Where even during yes. a simple match, like you see him elevate his game still and just keep on getting better and better. And the the shorts was a different look. I, I know we saw the shorts later on at our show that we saw at Graph House, and like I saw the shorts, I'm like, oh, he's going for the shorts here. I like and his body's like toning out too, where he went from young and like just skinny, not eating anything. So, okay, he gained weight by eating breakfast, but it wasn't like muscle weight. And now he's <laughs> yeah. turning it into the muscle weight and you can see the definition on his body. That's what's working with Nick, Nick Gage, where I think maybe he's getting more confidence and like, hey, I'm going to show off my legs. I've been working harder on these. But his body transformation too over the years, like you can see the hard work he's put in just this year alone of getting in the gym and owning out, bulking up, doing all that stuff at the same time, which is awesome seeing like he's just keeps on elevating his game. And it's I love seeing it, obviously. Our winner, Mr. Jordan Oliver with a clout cutter. So then uh, Jordan decides that he has to pick a song for Mr. Brandon Kirk. He picks Young Dumb, Young Dumb, Young Dumb and Broke. So, of course, Brandon says he don't know the words. He literally says yeah. Young Dumb and Broke one time and then walks out and says, I'm sorry, I don't know the words. I think even Jordan, um, I don't know if he yeah. said it, but like Jordan's like, here, you don't need to know the words here. The fans will help you. Let's sing it for yep. him yep. like kind of thing. And I love seeing the crowd get behind Jordan. And uh, as we, we got a lot of shows to catch up on, like these five shows, like you could just see Jordan's popularity, too, is going right there with uh -huh. him with his elevation in the ring and with the body transformation and just the character and everything like it's, it's clicking for him right now and you can see it. And it, that's why I love watching these indie wrestlers. Um, when you see it click, like that's kind of why I'm, I'm a teacher as well. So like seeing the light bulb go off in kids head, like that's why I teach. That's why I love watching these yeah. indie wrestlers. Cause like, Hey, like watching a teriyaki right now, they're still growing. They're still getting better. They're still learning everything that I don't think he's been wrestling too long, but like they're still growing and growing. And then you could just win that moment. You could see it kind of click. That's where they elevate their game to a whole nother level. We're seeing that right now with Jordan. And I just love seeing it happen with any wrestler, but especially one of my favorite, my favorite wrestler right now, Jordan. It's so awesome seeing it just clicking for him where I think he's got a bright 2023. Like if it's not in GCW in another company, but I'm hoping GCW will still be able to keep him and keep an eye on these shows. Cause every match better, better and better. So love seeing the elevation from Jordan Oliver. And it was nice seeing Brandon Kirk back in the ring, not doing a death match, but more of a in ring or normal in ring uh, wrestling style. So it was kind of nice seeing that way. Jordan can do elevation. He does a different kind of elevation. Probably. Now, you know what I mean? Though, yeah, yeah, elevation yeah. dark. 
I think he could do elevation dark easily. Kid needs exposure. Yeah, I mean, you got Blake Christian on there. Like, I think Jordan and Blake, when they get together, like, as we see on one of our shows coming up that we're going to talk about, like, when those two are together, like, it's magic. It's They are perfectly suited for each other in their in-ring styles and their pacing, their moves, the speed. Everything's very similar. And if Blake could be on AEW or Dark Elevation, like you said, I, I think Jordan... Jordan's there too, but I, I love seeing the GCW people. We've seen Matt uh, Matthew Justice on there, um, Vance Warner obviously on the big sh- bigger show. But like I love seeing the GCW. Ali Catch was on there. Um, I love seeing those wrestlers get it because like that's their time to shine and seeing all that hard work they're doing right now for GCW and on the Indies and them seeing them get rewarded on an AEW Dark, even if it is for four minute squash mats, they're still getting that recognition and way more um, a bigger platform to elevate their status even more so it is awesome to see and i i hope jordan does do something here soon because i, I well i hope he doesn't do nothing where it kind of can't work the indies no more <laughs> like that i don't want i still want to see him all the time and all these different promotions mostly we see him obviously for gcw but i want to see him keep on going and i love how he's changing it up too not him, it's not him but like the different styles of matches he's having with these different wrestlers it's very awesome seeing of him going against a bandito one week Brandon Kirk next week, a bit Busick one week. I just love the different variations. And I think that's what's helping him grow is getting all these different match styles from all these bigger uh, the veterans as well. So it's it's awesome scene. And that will lead so, us. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. This is this is a good one here. I want to talk about this for a second. Right. This is where it's interesting being an indie wrestling fan. It's bittersweet sometimes. Yes. So So, you know, we have someone like Jordan who... A year or so, maybe less, he's going to be on the cusp of teetering into television or maybe going a little, you know, into an indie kind of a larger indie promotion, maybe an impact or somewhere like that. Um, it seems like you want to see your performer succeed, but you almost don't want to see him always go too far because you're afraid they're going to get away from who they were. An instance would be a good a good instance would be Effie. If Effie went to AEW, there goes Elton John. Yeah. You know, there goes there goes probably 20% of his edge out the door, you know, and on TV, they always get watered down. And I think part of the part of the fun of being an independent wrestling fan is cheering on the starving artist. You feel like you're you're them. You're not watching two millionaires battle it out in the ring. You're watching two guys that legit have shoot jobs half the time and um, are real jobs half the time. And um, I just I don't know. I wanted to know what you had to think about. But I've just I've noticed it's always a bittersweet thing when you see somebody. It's almost like bye bye because they're not the same when when they're off the indie scene. It seems like I'm not gonna, I'm going to not. Within this last, I've only really gotten into independent wrestling, honestly, last year and a half, ever since GCW's draft day. That was my first GCW show I went to. I went there to go see uh, Leo Rush, and I think Chris Bay was on that card as well. I'm not sure. Or maybe like it was supposed to be like Leo Rush against Chris Bay another night on another local show. But I was like, you know what? It was during pandemic time. Stuff just started getting to open up, and that was like the first wrestling show I saw. And I just happened to see gcw when they did their fight forever on youtube for 24 hours straight that was my first introduction to gcw was that night and i because i watched it i i had it on my screen 
the whole day once I saw it was like 24 hour wrestling show. Yeah, let me just go check it out. I never heard of them, but it looks kind of cool. And I watched the whole tw- 24 hour show and I didn't watch the whole thing right away, but it was on my screen the entire time. So I got obviously here, there, here, there, but it was, yeah, I watched, yeah. I had my screen on YouTube on that channel for 24 hours straight. So I got to see a lot of that action. I was like, wow, this is cool. And they didn't get too much death matchy. They did get a little violent during that 24 hours, but there was obviously only so much they could do. And it was just an interesting concept for a show to me. So I do up GCW then. And then when I saw the, the first wrestling match here in Vegas, I went to the GCW show and I was like, whoa, I don't know who I knew who Mance Warner was, but like, who's little Drew McIntyre's little brother that he's teaming with Matthew justice. And then, Oh, Manders, Manders is cool. And they went against Vandergriff and Holy shit. I never heard of Vandergriff. He's awesome. Hold on. Eli Everfly went to the second story and jumped off of there. Like, what am I watching here? That's where I be, fell in love with GCW. Like, I called my wife and I said, that I didn't go to a wrestling show. I'd never seen anything like that before in my life where it was wrestling, but the experience I had as a fan was nothing like I've ever seen before or been a part of in wrestling in my life. And that made me a GCW fan. So I started watching GCW shows. Started seeing some of these names. I'm like, oh, I've heard of that name. That's cool. They worked for GCW before they got famous. Like MJF. Like MJF was on GCW before he ever blew up on AEW's radar. So it's in Orange Cassidy and Joey Janela. It was just so cool seeing all these names I knew of wrestle for this company. So I'm like, okay, they got a rep, must have a good reputation because all these wrestlers are going there and they've gone on to bigger and better things and then still come back to GCW whenever they can. Boxley, like, he does not have to do this, but he loves doing it. He loves GCW. He loves what they're doing. So if these wrestlers who I like can support this company and still do it, I'm all going to be behind this company too. And then I went to that show to see Leo Rush go against, uh, he went against Starboy Charlie that night. But I was like, who's Starboy Charlie? I'm like, oh, this was a decent match. Let me find out some more Starboy Charlie. And like, I just went down this rabbit hole that got me into the indies. And then I was like, oh, there's this IWTV. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, oh, they got a bunch of GCW shows. Let me watch all that and sign up for that. And then, Hold on, I get all of these indie promotions to watch, and it was over for me there. Started watching a bunch of, like, that's all I watched now. Well, not no more, because wrestling's picking up, but I watch all these independent wrestlers, and it's so cool seeing, like I've said before, where they started off from when I first saw them to where they're at now, and seeing the light bulb go off for these wrestlers, seeing them elevate their status, seeing them get better and bigger opportunities. As you said, a bittersweet, that was the best word, because... I want all these wrestlers to get all the money in the world they deserve. They put their lives on the wrist. I love them. They all deserve it. But I'm afraid that if they go to certain companies, they're not going to be able to work in any other companies that I watch, which limits how much now I get to see them or get exposed to them or see them live or get the, hey, if he goes, like these wrestlers go to AEW after their show or after their match, I'm not going to see them at a merch table and be able to talk with them and bullshit with them and buy their merch and just sit there and, talk with Tony Deppin about cult movies and stuff like that. Like that stuff you only get on the indies on GCW's kind of stuff. And so I, like you said, I want these wrestlers to get all the money in the world, but I also still want to be able to see them as much as I am now or as often and in their truest form. This is how they are presenting themselves as instead of going into the companies and losing what made them famous. Like I always think of Jordan, if he ever gets famous, he's going to have to change that song, unfortunately, but that song's like the biggest part of his entrance. Like, they could like redo the song, kind of keep the same cadence and stuff like that. Obviously change some of these lyrics to the song, but like that's a big part of his 
character, his him as a wrestler, is that song. Mm-hmm. That's his chant. Everybody chants Young, Dumb, and Broke during the song. We're singing Young, Dumb, and Broke. So it's, as you said, it's bittersweet. It's good for them. Get the money. Like, that's obviously what I always look for. Do what's best for you. If be, what's best for you is going to a company and maybe not wrestling as much, won't be able to see you on TV, but you're making a good living now and all your hard work that you've done for me watching you on the indies, go get your money. It sucks for me. Go do you. I got to enjoy you. Now it's time for the rest of the world to enjoy. So that's just my whole thinking. All, all these independent wrestlers, like I want them keep get their money, but I also would like to see them keep their authenticity and keep what made them famous in the first place and availability to talk and bullshit. And I don't know. It's it's like you said, it's bittersweet. So there's positives and negatives, but I always have, well, not always. I just kind of started going like, you know what? If going to WWE is good for you because you're going to make a lot of money and you're, I might not see you on TV because you're in catering because they got nothing for you, but at least you're happy with your life and you're doing it, then go for it. Do what you need to do. So that's kind of where I yeah. kind of went with my thinking. I know it's a long answer, but. No, it's a good answer. I mean, that's that's what I was kind of expecting to hear. I was I was just curious about, you know, because I'm so sentimental on a lot of things. For me, when someone gets signed to the majors, I feel like. Okay, great. They're making their money in WWE, but I am not going to get the same experience. I just lost my connection with them on Twitter. I'm going to just blend in with the other how many others that, you know, and that kind of stinks is, um, you know, watching your favorite get uh, get shit on by people that hardly know him or or just met him and ah, uh, you know, boo him or boo, you know. But they didn't uh, see the grind that they did to get to where they're at now. And most never do see the grind, which is unfortunate. Um, I sat here and made a list while you were talking about different companies. <laughs> that's probably I a long list, because... but that was a long uh, spiel I went on. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to take I'm going to take the majors out, like WWE and AEW, only because those are I watch WWE sparsely. I mean, I haven't caught a pay per view. Uh, in a while, let alone one in full in, in years. But I'm going to take those ones out. But just in this last year, off the top of my head, I tried to get as many as I could, and I'm sure I've missed a couple. I uh, I have our local grab house, so I wanted to make sure I, I grabbed that one. Uh, back in the day, IWA Mid-South, I was watching the shit out of that up until uh, a couple months ago. Wrestling Revolver, GCW, West Coast Pro, Black Label Pro, AIW, Freelance, ICW, NHB, Prestige, and H2O were probably the last ones. that. Those are the ones off the top of my head, and I had to just look at a couple others. I've got four or five others that I don't even mention, but those ones... Yeah, man, this is where we were. Uh, I was not here a couple years ago. I was in and out, but now it's like full time. It's yeah. too much fun. I just, like I said, I, I am mad at, well, I don't really have that many friends, but uh, that, watch wrestling. <laughs> that, that watch wrestling specifically, even that's even smaller list. But <laughs> I'm so mad that I, I, I got like, I want to say my first experience with indie wrestling was Ring of Honor back in the day. And then obviously they started off as indie, but then they got their TV show and stuff. And they were still kind of considered indies, even though they're like at number three promotion. But I love like the reboot, reboot now because this is where it kind of goes like, this is such a cool, think back to when we saw the, Long live GCW on Ric Flair's last match. The, even though it was the pre-show, seeing the GCW, just the label, the promotion only, seeing that on the screen, I know for me when I saw that, I, I was like a little emotional because it's like, wow, they're on, like, they got 
all these companies to trust them on this big stage and we got to see them do it. And then like when I watched the Ring of Honor reboot and I got to see Tony Depp and Alex Zane and Blake Christian team up against each other on a Ring of Honor show, it's like, oh my God, that's so effing cool that I get to see this because we've seen the grind, the GCW, everything, and then them getting their moment in a bigger promotion. Like it is bit- like a proud papa. It's bittersweet, but then it's like, wow, good for you. You guys like Finally, you're getting recognized for something that we've now noticed mm-hmm. down here for a long time. It's glad that you're now getting the recognition from all these other people and stuff like that. And it's just, it's it's bittersweet. It's like, yes, it yeah. sucks. Like, I might not, like, when Blake Christian leaving. And that's why I kind of think, like, he wanted to give a good speech at, or at the... Oh, that poor guy. At the show. He deserved, he deserved it, man. I will break into... I'm actually kind of tired, and I think I'm extra, like, negative today, I think. <laughs> but I feel bad for that kid, because, and he's a kid to me. I feel bad for that kid because, I, I you're right, he really wanted to give a true heartfelt speech. And I'm sure it was going to be one that he wanted to look back on down the road of something he was proud of and it just got hijacked yeah and i just think like i know the wrestlers well i don't i'm not gonna say i know the wrestlers but i think the wrestlers too have that bittersweet moment with themselves or maybe they're enjoying it like hey finally get me to wwe let me make my millions of cash no i ain't signing your autograph for free somewhere else that well unless they catch them at an airport or something but like you're not coming up to my merch table i don't have to spend time with you like some of them might really like that where it's like hey they're introverts. Like we don't want to be out there promoting ourselves and doing all this extra stuff. We want a big name, a big machine behind us doing that stuff. And I don't have to do it. So I think it is though bittersweet for some of these wrestlers too. Cause like, I know Tony Depp, like not Tony Depp, but I just, I know he kind of like, likes, he comes off as a healer stuff. But like when I talked to him, he seemed that he actually enjoys maybe certain fans to kind of sit there and talk and bullshit where you're never going to get that if he gets to a bigger company. And I just think it's like, maybe for them, it's like, Hey, on Twitter, like if they get, they got like a couple thousand fans now, and then they go to the WWE in a year, they got a hundred thousand. As you said, we're going to get lost in the shuffle. We were in part of the first 100 or 1000, not the first 100,000, but then you're going to see them kind of like a random tweet pop up. And like, I could just see them like, Hey, I remember that guy. We talked to him at GCW at the show. He went to buy a shirt and stuff. Like, I just think there's going to be, it's bittersweet on both ends. But I don't know. It's good. I, I always just started, not always. I just started changing my way of thinking. We're like, I, I'm not, I'm, I was selfish all those years saying, no, don't go to the WWE and just sit in catering. Like, do who wants to do that? Don't you want to keep your art, artistic creativity that, isn't that why you joined uh-huh. wrestling? Like, you're giving all that up for money, but then it's like, you got to pay your kid, like, or pay for your family, yeah. pay for your kids. So I get it. Yeah. I absolutely get it and stuff like that. And, that's why I'm trying to like, I am changing my mind on that stuff now where I'm like, do whatever you need to do. Like, thank you. For, even mm-hmm. like, even if I got to see you one time, like right now, like commander, Hey, we've seen you five times. If he goes to triple A and we never see him again, it's like, at least I could always think back. Like commander was so cool. in GCW. Remember those days? So like we could still stay positive. Like I'm trying to stay, try to stay positive and think of that kind of stuff. When I see like these bigger wrestlers or these wrestlers go on to, bigger promotions and we don't see them as much but i kind of love like it seems gcw's got every other company to trust them like if you could get the AEW champion moxley to come in and do a death match and he's the world champion like you have some trust from these names so i think we will be seeing alex zane he goes to new japan for a couple weeks he comes and does gcw and indies he goes to new japan comes back home ninja mac same way like I'm starting to see like these GCW quote unquote regulars, we call them. They don't forget where they're coming from. They're coming back to 
do the shows, which is they don't have to do it. They just do it probably for some extra money too, but for the love of we are a different fan base. GCW is a different fan base. Like Will Ospreay said it himself, like, hey, I knew you guys were crazy, but I never been in front of you guys till now. And holy fuck, you guys are crazy. So I think as GCW fan fans and like kind of like the GCW family or the plants or whatever, like I think we bring so much emotion where that makes the wrestlers come back. So I I don't think we will lose it. We might lose some wrestlers because they got bigger dreams. They don't want to do this stuff. But all these other wrestlers, I think they realize like what they have it with GCW. And that's why they love coming back to do GCW shows when they don't have to because they are such on bigger platforms and in such a bigger name now than they were a couple months ago when we saw them all the time on GCW. Now, going into our co-main events of the evening, we have Sumi Sakai going one-on-one -on -one with El Hijo El Diferente. Did I do it good right there, Los Macisos? Did I do oh, it good? Oh, bien. Bueno, bueno. Shit, I'm thinking of my French now. I, I actually screw up my French and my Spanish all the time. So, uh, bueno. Yes, this was one of these fun matches I love seeing Jimmy Lloyd get <laughs> against Sumi uh, Sakai because Jimmy Lloyd, I was in that Twitter space when he got the match against Ho Ho Kim or Ho Ho Lin, Ho Ho Lim, uh, in a random GCW show in Jersey because Ho Ho Lim was com uh, Lin coming out to do some stuff out here, but then. He was in the Twitter space. He's like, yeah, I know GCW, not too much. And then they're like, yeah, come on. Jimmy Lloyd's like, have a match with me. Come on. And then three weeks later, we see that match happen. So this is one of these random matches that Jimmy Lloyd, I love seeing Jimmy Lloyd in against Suma Sakai. And it was nice seeing Suma Sakai wrestle outside of Ring of Honor. I've only ever seen her wrestle in Ring of Honor. So it's kind of nice seeing her in a GCW ring against Jimmy Lloyd of all people. So this match had my interest peaked at all ends and all like circuits because is he going to get dangerous with Sumi Sakai? Is Sumi Sakai just going to roll over Jimmy? Like, what is going to happen during this match? And it was fun. What was your thoughts on this match? Okay, so this was a colorful match. I, I couldn't, it's it's not a setup match like a normal, you know, they go out there and do five, six, seven, eight minutes of just basic wrestling. It was really colorful because you got, you know, Sakai doing her thing and then Jimmy Lloyd being Jimmy Lloyd. Lloyd. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it it was very American to see Sakai come out with the red, white, and blue, and then the the shorts with the stars. Um, there was a point where Jimmy was chasing Sumi around the building. They eventually appeared after a long chase. It was like a thirty second yeah. chase where we're just killing time. Like, where are they? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, and then I think the ref walks out of the ring, and by the time he gets out of the ring, they come back. And um, I noticed that Sumi was in charge quite a bit. She seemed to be the veteran in control. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, she was really making sure that, you know, everything stayed together. It was a quick seven-minute match, man. But I love seeing Jimmy Lloyd these kind of matches. Like, he gets the most random... I love seeing when GCW does the most random matches like this and seeing Jimmy Lloyd going against Sumi Sakai, which is awesome seeing because we haven't seen Sumi Sakai. I haven't seen Sumi Sakai in a long time, and I just love seeing Jimmy kind of like... What is he going to do? He is a different boy, but some of these opponents that he gets, it's like, what is what is he going to do with this match? Like, but he makes it happen. He's he doesn't need the deathmatch stuff. I think he's kind of proven that lately. Like he's he could do a good one on one match, a good scramble match and a good random match against Sumi Sakai. So I want to see now after seeing this match. I honestly, when I first saw this match happen, I was like, why didn't we get Jimmy Lloyd against Maki Ito? That would have been Oh. Fucking awesome. So maybe that'll happen wow. next time she comes out. But I just love seeing Jimmy Lloyd in these random ass matches. Like, kind of like seeing Joey Janela in these random ass matches sometimes. I love seeing Jimmy Lloyd in these matches. And um, 
yeah, this was a fun match. Like, Sumisu guy is not bad. Like, I know a lot of people probably don't know her. I've seen her in Ring of Honor, and her energy, she's just, like, so happy to be doing what she's doing. And she gets, it's so, like, um, my God, I'm losing the word. Enthusiastic. Like, yeah, it's so contagious, yeah. like, where the fans are like, oh, oh she's it. excited. Yeah. Let's get excited, too. So, I love I love seeing her in this match. And she, as you already know, too, like, yeah, she took some crazy bumps and took a beating from Jimmy Lloyd, but... She also gave Jimmy Lloyd uh, his fair share of beating too. So this was a fun match for me. Um, so you mentioned Janela earlier. Janela and Jimmy have one thing in common that I don't think we've talked about before. With Jimmy, every match is different. Yep. I We can't put our finger on how. We don't know why. We can't literally name it. But I could tell you that I have not seen two alike Jimmy matches. Yeah, they're all different. He's he like he's one of those ones. Right, Brett, what do you want me to do? Oh, okay, I'm in it, and we're gonna make it look good. Like I think he gets a lot of like he's. I think he's super underrated outside of death matches, where a lot of people just think he is a death match person. But he's his brain is pretty out there, like how Joey Janela's is with some of the creative spots that they come up with during these matches because. Some of these spots I would have never thought of, but Joey and Jimmy seem to always pull the crazy shit out of their hat too. Okay, so Jimmy to me, it's like he's the good dog the neighbors never met. That's you know what I mean? Like I can't think of a better way to put it. I'm sure someone's gonna rip that saying off at some point. But yeah, that's he's he's like a he's a good dog, but nobody in the neighborhood knows outside of the house. Yep. And yeah, so, <laughs> seeing him interact with like Matt Cardona on the UK trip on social media was pretty funny seeing like Cardona's just like hanging out with Jimmy. It's like, hey, what do you think of the UK? It's good. Cool. You wanna be uh you wanna you wanna be a broski? No, I don't think that's for me. Like like even Cardona is going out of his way and interacting with Jimmy Lloyd. So Jimmy Lloyd is is something else. He's funny. Yeah, the Sumi ended up having this fantastic German suplex on Jimmy. And there was uh it was just impressive, but there were Sumi chants. That was kind of nice to see. There was an awesome roll of the dice move that came out halfway through the match. Jimmy performed a great tombstone, and it takes two to tango. Both made that pop look fantastic when she hit the ground. But yeah, there was there was beatings laid down in this one. This was more of a brawl style fight. Like someone would get popped in the face and they'd sell it really well. And, you know, and then back and forth. It was older style. Yeah, like I said, that's why I kind of was thinking too. Like when we were talking about these matches, there there was obviously some sort of edict or some out there was like, "Hey, don't go crazy. We got our JCW show later. Don't don't go breaking chairs, breaking ta- doors, or anything. Let's save all this for our other show later on. But keep it nice and simple in there. Let's kind of do more old style nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties wrestler where it's like." You don't go outside the ring. You're not high flying. You're kind of keeping the boots to the mat and kind of just telling the story that way. And it was fun. This match I kind of called for it because the two different styles that these two have, like it was, it was fun to watch. This was a fun match. It was colorful, man. That's the word. I I couldn't find another word than colorful. It wasn't funny. Like it wasn't just funny. And there was just so much going on. It was just funny that you mentioned Janela with him at the same time, yeah. because I was writing in my notes, him and Janela have such unique matches. Yep. Uh, 
there was a point where, well, I'll just go ahead and do the winner because it kind of goes into the next. But Sumi, uh, Sumi Sakai was our winner with the big kiss for the win. She actually pinned Jimmy down to the ground. And while both of his uh, shoulders were down, she planted a big old kiss on him for the one, two, three. Sumi gets up into the corner after that, and she tells Jimmy that she's been wanting to kiss Jimmy for a long time. So Sumi then gets to pick a song for Jimmy. I have no idea what it is. It is a Japanese song. Um, Jimmy had no idea what it was and said on the microphone, I have no idea what it is. Fans then chant for him to dance instead. <laughs> and Sumi sings the song. So it was it was entertaining. It was a little it was a curveball because it was to embarrass Jimmy, so to speak. They ended in a hug and everybody was happy, man. I didn't catch it, but I would have loved if MLJ would have like called back to out. It wasn't the settlement series, but like when uh, Poyo Damar kissed him in the ring, um, I would have loved for MLJ to kind of get his bash, uh, his uh, payback here. It's like, that's Jimmy Lloyd's first kiss too. I'm not the only one without a first kiss. Like uh, that would have been pretty funny, but seeing Sumi Sakai is just happy doing what she's doing. And like that out of all the names I've heard wrestle in GCW, that one might be the most random. Like Sumi Sakai, like I would, if you would have told me to put, or if that would ever happen in my life, like no way in hell. Like why would she go to GCW and boom, she's on GCW against Jimmy Lloyd of all people, not against right? Ali catch, not against even Joey Janela. It's Jimmy Lloyd. So I just love seeing her happy. And I think she's on like, this is like her farewell well tour too. She's kind of going through, like, I think I saw her on social media saying like, she's going to retire here soon. So it was cool seeing her doing stuff that she wants to do. And she's enjoying it, obviously. So more props to her. And that was, that was a fun match. Very fun match to lead into our main event of the evening as Nick fucking Wayne goes one on one with Azriel or Mr. Smith, as they like to call him in the GCW settlement series. I was kind of hoping, like, wait a minute, why'd they say Asriel? Then they said, then the fans are chanting Mr. Smith. I'm like, yes, it's back. But this was an interesting match, too, because well, I guess not interesting. It's good for Nick Wayne to get into with a veteran like Asriel. Um, but I was interested to see how this would work. I just thought maybe, like, kind of going to the Jordan and Brandon Kirk match where it's like, okay, obviously there's two levels of, two different levels of speed and um, like the pacing of the match where I think this was the same way. It was like, I don't think Asriel's going to be able to keep up with Nick Wayne, but he did. And this was a fun and entertaining main event too. Okay. So there were Mr. Smith chants. There were Nick fucking Wayne chants. This was going back and forth more than I expected. I was really expecting to everybody just be pro Nick Wayne yep. and Azrael was just going to come out and be the heat collector. That's really all I was expecting on that end. But yeah, it was more 50-50, at least there for a while. Wayne did really slow the pace down for Adria, like you were saying there. Both were fairly rough with each other. I was really surprised, especially for it being a younger guy that we're trying to protect. But yeah, both, both men were really rough. About 16 minutes in, maybe halfway through, Wayne, they go to the outside of the ring and Wayne gets thrown hard into chairs. Well, the way he lands on the chairs is two of them. He actually, his body lands on the seats. So instead of the chairs collapsing or falling, you literally see him laying on the chairs and the sh chairs slide across the damn floor right into a wall. So you literally see him hit hard on these chairs, slide across the floor and into the wall. It's probably like a six, seven foot slide. But Wayne was beat up out there and then he was thrown back into the ring. Primarily, that was all of the out of the ring action. 
Um, Nick was just taking it from the beginning to the end, inside, outside of the ring. He does kind of take over in the second half of the match, but it, he just took such a beating in the first. It was incredible. Now, here's one thing that maybe people like us who watch all the time will notice, but not many other people will. If you listen really carefully, you got Nick Wayne going, yeah, yeah. And I know it sounds weird across the no. recording, but if you hear, yeah. Yeah, you know who that is? That's Jordan fucking Oliver. Yeah. That's uh, Jordan Oliver's. Yeah, I, that's one thing we always talk about because it's like, I my wife still like she's never watched wrestling before, but she's now a George, huge Jordan Oliver fan too. So she's kind of getting used to this stuff. So like when we first started watching, she's like, "Why is Jordan making those unnecessary noises?" I'm like, so I had to explain to her why. It's like, hey, yep, like you want to make those noise so that way if they are like maybe planning out the next spot or something, it doesn't come out where Jordan's still. Like saying, yeah, yeah, like he makes those sounds and also adds to the impact of the moves or the like how well much, especially during the submission moves, how well he's holding on to it. So I had to explain to her like the, why he's saying the yes. But it's like, but she's like, well, he's the only one who does. It. I'm like, well, he's doing it for a reason. So he's doing it better, like not better, but just totally different than what we see in all these other wrestlers. And I thought the same exact thing too. When I when I heard Nick Wayne making those noises, I'm like, Jordan's rubbing off on him. It's it's so cool uh -huh. seeing it though. I love seeing that. Yeah, it's a big brother, little brother thing, I yep. think is what it what it kind of feels like. So this situation with Mr. Smith and Azrael kind of goes to another point I was going to make. When it comes to the settlement series, for the point of storytelling, because it's kind of free, a small amount of continuity would be kind of nice. So let's just say we see Azrael again. I actually want to see him come out as Mr. Smith again, just for continuity. Give me uh give me 10 shows that have that little bit of a mm -hmm. something special. Yep. You know, I agree. Just something special. It doesn't take much to change his name back to Mr. Smith for one night. And again, he doesn't have to, but the fans remembered. And so did we. I just love seeing it on the first one. And he's like looking at the fans like, who's fucking Mr. Smith? Like, why are you saying that? Why are you calling me? They him getting so mad. And then uh, as right. we were saying, it was like 50-50 split where I think it was still 100% Nick Wayne because they were chanting Mr. Smith just to piss off Asriel. Like, it wasn't, he wasn't getting his own chance. Like, we're just going to say this just to piss him off more. So that was funny. And like, uh, I, I, the same way, obviously, I said it like, uh, at the beginning, like I, I wish they would have kept Mr. Smith or like, as you said, more con continuity during these matches, because it would have added more to this little settlement series and would have made it kind of a little bit more special. But who knows? Like we know kind of the points of these shows anyway, where they're not going to go full all in. They're just trying to figure out ways to entertain us. But I'm the same way. I, I agree. I wish they would have had more continuity throughout these first uh, three parts of the settlement series. So the only other thing I'll mention about this match before we go to the winner is that Nick always has this standing Spanish fly. Always looks great. He always performs it. It's fantastic. I don't know how many times I've mentioned it before, but it impressed me this time enough to say something because it, it just it's a great move. I hope he sticks with it. I don't see a lot of people do it, but um, our winner. Our winner was Nick Wayne with the uh, Fujiwara armbar. We ended up tapping out Azriel. So that makes our uh, our loser, Mr. Azriel, and he's going to be forced to sing a song. You want to tell him what Nick picked? Every the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Keep yeah. going. Keep going. Rock your body. Uh, no, I, I, I we're done. Fucking talk you into we're, it. We're gonna get a copyright ban on this episode. But uh, no, yes, he picked uh, everybody <laughs> from Backstreet Boys, and I loved that pick. I was like, here we go. We're gonna end it off with a nice, good performance. Uh, nah. Uh, 
But I still like he chose that song. Try to try to get the crowd into it more and trying to get the, the embarrassment on Azrael, Mr. Smith. I love though, Azrael plays such a good heel during these matches, during these settlement series. Like his he's showing way more character than his normal character was. I, I like Azrael in this kind of setting. Um especially lately, like watching him lately in these settings, like it makes me not want to go back and watch his other matches. Just to kind of see like how much different it is. Cause some of the stuff I see from Azure, Azrael, it seems like I'm always watching him against too hot. Steve Scott. Like that's what it just seems like. I'm always watching those two go against each other. <laughs> but um, yeah, Azrael, like he looked good during this match. I, I, this match was good. I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. But Azrael, I love him. Like just, he's like that heel that like, everybody's just going to try to piss him off. He's, like, no, I'm not doing it for you guys. I'm not doing it. I'm not singing it. Azrael's Adriel, good. I, I like seeing Mr. Smith uh, in this kind of setting. Yeah, he. you're right. He does play a really good heel. I mean, I just, I'm just now thinking about it. Every time he comes out, you know, you're going to get a solid performance when it comes to gathering heat from him. He does play the heel part really, really well. And I think that comes from his age also. Yeah. Um. So so we're going through. He's he's kind of half-ass singing the song. So Nick turns his back. You could tell it's, you know, basically the end of the show. We're winding down. Out of nowhere, Azrael attacks him. Of course. As it should be, here comes Big Brother. Jordan runs out and comes out as backup. Ezreal, he uh, slides out of the ring. And um, Jordan says Nick is better than him. He got on the mic. And he says he's better than Ezreal also. And as Ezreal's leaving, we hear the fans singing, na, 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 hey, hey, <laughs> goodbye to his sorry ass. And off he goes. So at that point, we're now at the, the feel-good moment of the show. This is really the, the bye-bye moment here. So Jordan and Wayne offer to sing a song. They end up getting Sexy Boy from HBK. So they don't act too embarrassed. They literally sing it and they dance, and it is funny. Again, this is, this is kind of the karaoke I was looking for at the end of each one of these matches. Yeah. Um, at the end of the night here, Cena's music plays just for a short second. I think it's as a joke. Yep. And then Jordan tried to get Brett to sing. I don't know if you saw that. Yep. And Brett's like, oh, I'm busy. I got it. And then he runs off. So I, I, I kind of hope Brett in some form, like at least on the last show on number, was it number eight? I think they got to do eight of them. Um, I kind of hope on that last one, they kind of do something with him, like either like pour something on him, do something to embarrass him kind of way. And that would be for him kind of like doing the self-deprecation as well, getting a part of the act. And I think as we were saying earlier, the camaraderie that seems like series one kind of brought together. And that's what kind of maybe this one was supposed to do or didn't come off as good as it did in uh, part one. Like I would just like to see kind of Brett do something self-deprecating in front of the locker room and kind of like, Hey, we're done with this chapter. Brett got it. Brett got his comeuppance with all this stuff. That's, the reason why we're do even doing this kind of shows and kind of like a good payoff for us fans. I kind of know what the deal is and what these shows are all about. And I just kind of hope we got to get that. But this was a fun show Had a little rough middle, not rough middle, different middle, not, a, not as expected, more just the singing, not the in-ring talent, not the matches, the more like the first couple, like after two, three, four, didn't sing. Um, it picked up and it had a nice, as you get said, a feel good moment at the end. Get Jordan and Nick kind of playing playing off to the crowd. Like they get their little pop at the end. They try to get Brett in. Like I I loved it. I I wasn't as entertained as the first one, but I think there's some more possibilities. And um 
they kind of talked about it on their podcast they just released today. I don't know if you listened to it or not, but they've opened it up on Patreon. So if you are a Patreon out there, go check out the GCW uh, podcast that they did with KG and Brett, and then check out uh, they're taking um, taking ideas to what to do for part four of their next settlement series. They're kind of looking to do something different. So it's kind of I was reading some of the what some of the people thought too. I threw mine in there as well, but uh, I don't. Say- you, what, what's the no? Let's talk about it. Let's so, talk. I want to hear. So I don't want to say it just because it's my shoot name on there, and I don't want gotcha. the listeners okay, to okay. get my shoot name. I will tell you off camera though. Do you want to give us like six or seven things maybe, and you can just make sure it's in there somewhere? So I saw one was a casino battle royale, like not battle royale, but like a casino royale one. Um, one was like um. Depending on what venue they're at, like, hey, when they go to Chicago, was it Chicago? I think it was. It looked like the soccer field. Like, hey, let's do like a soccer theme kind of match where every time the the heel does something bad, they get a red card and stuff like that. So like that was like a, it was a venue venue centric kind of like depending on where the venue is, do something uh-huh. like that. Um, what was another one I saw? Um, a talent show. Talent show was another one. Um, a wheel of punishments. I saw that one. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a couple different ones on there, but I, some of them like I I want to see all of it. Like somehow, some way, I want to see them do some. Like I would like to kind of see this kind of go on as a little side gimmick kind of thing, just for fun. Maybe like once every three months or once every two months, just do a random fun show that's not all go 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 a thousand fans just cheering on the top of the lungs. We want to see ten fantastic fantasy matches we can't see. I would like to see them kind of incorporate more of these kind of style shows into their repertoire, but I, I will take a regular GCW show too over this, but I would just like to see, I like seeing the performers doing stuff outside their bubble, outside what we know them for. And like hearing Axon Ray talk and hearing Asriel talk and ha- hearing all those wrestlers talk throughout these ones. It's kind of showing their personality and stuff like that, which I think for me, it's making me want to go and check out more of these kind of wrestlers and follow them and kind of see either they might be really, how maybe they really are out of character and stuff like that. Yeah, the two things I thought of would have been one, a um, play dress up, and everybody has to be in some kind of clothing. So uh, going off that one, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Uh, that was the other one I heard of. Was um, let's say it's Billy Starks going against Jimmy Lloyd. They both switch attires and looks. They come out as the like the other wrestler. Oh, they kind of like <laughs> do the other wrestlers' moves, kind of do their gimmicks and stuff like that. I thought that was a really good one too. Yeah, and and I had another one, but I lost it off the top of my. Sorry, <laughs> I interrupted you. My no, 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 I'm tired. No, 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 I'm tired. But yeah, I was thinking that would be a good one, and then there was another one, but it it escaped me. I'll have to. It'll probably you know five minutes off the air. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, I really what was this? It was a little over two hours and fourteen minutes, right? This show. Yeah. Nice, it was a shorter show, I, and I'm fine with it. Like. Yeah, this one, yeah. If they would have added in the actual song times at the end, it might have been closer to three hours. So, like I said, I think maybe that's why some of these matches were cut shorter. But also, they could have been saving the bodies, saving the fuckery for the JCW show that happened right after this in the same venue. So, I I liked it. I didn't mind it. The two hours, that was perfect. You want to do some memorable moments, my friend? Yeah, I'll let you go ahead and go first. All righty. So one of the things I'll remember from this show is is probably the fact that this is a sing-along show. I don't think we've ever had a karaoke-style sing-along before, so I'm going to obviously remember that. I have nothing to compare it to. I liked Rico Gonzalez a lot. I'm hoping that he comes back. Teriyaki was back. Thank you for bringing him back. 
And also Petty and Pink, they really do need that match against Bussy. Both of those could come back, preferably together. I'd like McQueen, but I would like to see both of them back. I think McQueen needs some development to go to the next level. I believe that's because he's young. He's still figuring out some things. You can even tell he's almost still figuring out his body sometimes. Um, He can easily get there, and I expect him to be there shortly. Please, if we can, it would still be cool to see him um, maybe in a team with Effie just because they look like freaking brothers yeah. it's it's weird um the macizos uh singing sweet home alabama was just fantastic and then my final was wayne winning that main event and wayne and jordan dancing and singing to sexy boy yeah, yeah that, that's that's my memorable moment Ed, as a full-grown man <laughs> <laughs> um for me mine was uh seeing like rico gonzalez Ariaki, Bobby Flacco, um, Hunter Drake, seeing these guys coming in and still kind of being a part of the ECW, JCW, maybe not the regular roster, but still getting opportunities in these shows to kind of show what they have and show what they got. So it was nice seeing, like, like I said, those names again. Um, awesome seeing Sumi Sakai in a GCW ring. That still kind of blows my mind. Like That was something I never would have thought that would happen just because it's such a random name. It's such a totally different company that... Sumi Sakai is known for kind of wrestling with so, but I love how GCW does that on a consistent basis. And then um, my last one was to seeing Jordan and Nick kind of still showing off that camaraderie, that teamwork, Jordan coming out and saving Nick, um, Nick in the main event, which was kind of cool too. I, I like seeing Nick in the main event, but seeing Jordan and Nick kind of play off on the commentary or camaraderie and going to commentary. Los Mesis. That was, I think that might've been the highlight for me is that Los Mesis hearing them talk like i don't know what they're saying they could have been just fucking around but the energy they brought during that match and i, I loved it i love like i said any way i can see macisos here macisos get them on my screen i'm all in for it because they have not missed a single step since they've been back in gcw and i love seeing them. so i'm looking at the information for the japan show which is Far down the road for us recording wise but not too far for people who may be listening to this um, I just had this moment because there's this retirement kind of situation going on. The way GCW treats veterans and people who are close to retirement age, I think is fantastic. When they're in Japan, I'd love to see Great Muta show up. I think that would just be absolutely fantastic. He's he's kind of doing his retirement run, and I don't know who he could take on, but... I feel that I would like to see him come in there just because of the pageantry yeah. and maybe just um, it would it would give some more legitimacy to GCW to see Muta come through those uh, those curtains. Yeah, I think I don't uh, that's next week. Yeah, Japan's next week. I think uh, I don't want to spoil anything here, but by the time this comes out, it won't matter. But actually, it might matter. So. But you might be watching at the same time. I'm going to give you a spoiler anyway. So if you don't want to listen, don't listen for the next like 30 seconds. But Great Muda is actually in the States right now. He, I don't know if oh, you no saw. Oh, no shit. He uh, did a little surprise uh, run-in during AEW's Rampage on John Moxley. No I'm sorry. Not on John Moxley to kind of save Sting. So that was really a great no. callback. But yeah, I think he's in the States. So I think the timing might not what? be too good. But I think that's No, no, a, no, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. That's a good throwback though, because I know Moxley said one of his 
three matches he wants to have real soon is Great Muda before he retires. So I think that's what this is setting up for. But going off of what you said, I am so happy I get to see Jun Kasai back in a GCW ring. Oh, yeah. I am looking forward to it. And if I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken because they announced a lot of matches right now. But going off of the Sumi Sakai Jimmy Lloyd, the Jimmy Lloyd Koho Lim, going off of Effie versus Minoru Suzuki, we are getting at GCW's dead on arrival, June Kasai going against Effie. Yeah. Holy Uh, shit. Dude, I put on Twitter, I said, there goes Effie's face. There goes Effie's everything. This match is going to rule so much. Like I, that's the out of the whole Japan card. That's the match I'm looking forward to. Like that's one of those random matches of two random people being thrown together. I am all in for it because seeing Suzuki against Effie was mind blowing to me too. So now it's going to be like kind of the same thing except in more of a death match setting with uh, Jun Kasai. And I love Jun Kasai. He's in Japan. With the death matches kind of stuff, he's he's my favorite out there. So I am super excited to see Jun Kasai back in the ring, and especially against Effie. Like I can't wait for that card. Size in an atmosphere. I don't know. I don't know who else could even be in his atmosphere as a death matcher. Yeah, that's let's who. let's be serious. Who who goes as far as him? I mean, there's not many, and if they are, they they burn out real. They burn out quick. Yeah, and they're the, the Japanese talent that they got for the Japan shows are amazing. We get to see Segura oh, back. Yeah. We get to see Takeda back. Rina's, I think she's still the GCW Ultra Violent Champion. I, mm-hmm. haven't, I haven't kept up on that. Like I said, I wanted to, but I've been so busy and sick, so I haven't checked it out. But I will have to go back and check out some of the shows that Rina's been on out there and see what she's been doing with the, the Ultra Violet Championship. And that's one thing I wish, if she has been defending it, I kind of wish, like, hey, but on a little, like, during the intermission, Show what's happening with the GCW Ultraviolet Championship. We've been going back to our conversations with video packages and stuff during the intermission, doing something for the fans. I think that would be a great way to keep Rena in our heads, keep Rena as the Ultraviolet Champion. Some people might have forgotten that she's a champion. Like, I'd like to see them use that kind of stuff because now, now I'm thinking about it. Like, I have to go out of my way to go see what Rena's been doing with the GCW Ultraviolet Championship. If anything, I don't know. But I just feel like if I was watching these shows, like especially these five shows that, or maybe she's been gone longer than that, but would have been cool if, hey, if she had a GCW match, put it on real, or uh, if she was in a match uh, representing and defending the GCW Ultraviolet Champion, uh, championship belt i would love to see that on a gcw show during an intermission something like that but who knows it's fine but i i can't wait to see all these fan shows and all the talent they that they got there because <laughs> this is gonna be a fun one because we haven't even covered the uk liverpool stuff and that, oh, those shows were incredible yeah. like i killer G- gcw's on a roll right now like with their cards this was more comedy more laid back more entertaining kind of show with the settlement series but after this there it kicks up to another level and when they go to japan next week it's going to even be kicked up to another level so i'm excited for everything gcw has lined up in their future and the stars that they're getting and the matchups they're putting on are incredible so i'm going to go back on something you were saying here i would like to see maybe a short two minutes three minutes i i I mean maybe it's it's a small thing to do but it wouldn't be fun to have a little rundown of the title defenses that happened off of the show throughout the last you know from the last show you know hey effie went over here and did this 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 and this and you know and carried this title and maybe aggression has different title and he defended it here 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 and here like it would be kind of cool 
and it sounds small, but to let people know their their champions are fighting champions. Yeah, a lot of people are going to see like, like, oh, Rena hasn't defended that belt in four months. Like, oh, she's been in Japan defending it on a ass off. weekly basis. Exactly. So, and I think it'd be good for both companies. Like, I, I the, my original setback was yep. maybe they can't do it because of licensing or trademarking, or maybe mm-hmm. the other company doesn't want to give them the footage. But I'm like, why would you not want to give them a one match no, footage? Not even footage. One match, uh, yeah, you don't even have to do footage, exactly. You nope. could just say it and make an announcement on it, but I just think even if they did the footage, like, that would be so good for these other companies that being uh, right in the backs of GCW in America where now you're going to be all these American fans like, oh, Rena's out there? Holy crap, she had a crazy match with June Kasai? Where? Where can I see this? Oh, it's on Freedoms? Where can I watch Freedom? Like, I think it's just so good for both companies, And but a little thing, but who knows? We don't know the backstory of it's a little thing in our book because we're just fans and podcasters. We're not the ones paying the money, doing all the hard work. So it's easy, easy for us to say here. But that will be it for the GCW Settlement Series Part 3. Very fun, very entertaining show. Do you have any last comments you want to make on the show before we send the viewers off? Or listeners off? Um, let's see. What are we going to send them off with? Uh, same thing as always. Eternal gratitude and thanks. Yes. Thank you, guys. appreciation. Yes, thank you for your patience, too. Hopefully we don't lose a lot of you here. I apologize. It was my fault. I was sick, so I am better. We're going to crank these ones out. Um, we will be catching, like I said, we're going to catch up. We hopefully proved that we have, our word is good. We have caught up. Every time we say we fall behind, we catch up. We have done yep. that, and then we just happen to fall back again because life and shit happen. So yep. Um, yep. we will stay on track as much as we can. We will be recording... Um, the JCW and reviewing the JCW um, uncensored, right? Was it uncensored? I think it was. It's been a long time. Yes. Yes. We yeah. will be covering JC, JCW's uncensored um, on our next episode. So be on the lookout for that one. We'll be out shortly. It will probably be maybe Saturday, Sunday, sometime this weekend. Look out for it. If not, like I said, we were, we will play catch up. We will put out all those hours of content. I hopefully we proved it during those four days of two and a half hours every day pumping out content for all the listeners and all the plants out there but we flex. do it we do it right <laughs> we do Fuck appreciate yeah, that was it hard work flex Oof, yeah i think maybe like Fuck i said yeah. we were talking about maybe all that talking gave me my strep throat for the, the <laughs> this last week but uh we will get it out there we appreciate all the listeners we do appreciate you guys understanding with everything um we are going to catch up we're going to hop back on the train we got a lot of shows to cover we still have to catch up on the jcw show and then their three shows that they did in london and england oh no it was two shows well it was three shows we could probably cover the third but um oh yeah let's let's just add more shit and then we still got tomorrow night the la show so yep fuck yeah it's gonna be fun yes we got a lot of content we are gonna play catch up we'll get back on cranking it out there as best as we can but once again, thank you all for listening because it's been crazy. Even this week, we've our viewers, our listeners have gone up without even producing anything. So that's just awesome. So thank you all very much for that. Once again, please don't be afraid to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you got Miss at uh, John J Wolf, and for myself, the GCW Plant Podcast. Leave us some feedback. Leave us some ideas, questions, anything you guys want. We are available on Twitter, and uh, we're trying to go. Actually, going to try to interact. Uh, Tomorrow night during the LA show with some people. So, um, Sweet. yes, it'll be fun. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up, fun times. Um, 
and we will keep on going and going and fucking going like GCW. So on behalf of myself and Mr. John J. Wolf, we will catch you guys for JCW Uncensored episode 22 for the GCW plan. You all have yourselves a good night. And as always, we'll see how you fuck me up here. Long, Long live J G J G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G